With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The volume. No! Oh my God! How could he do that? Are you on? Don't What? Charles Darwin. The nerves is where it's at. Welcome everybody back into Nerd Sesh. As always, I'm Carson Brever, and alongside me is Logan Camden. And tonight. We're doing a bit of an unplanned emergency podcast because the Buffalo Bills just lost to the Denver Broncos in the most mind-blowing and humiliating way imaginable, which has really been the story of their season. Just continued disappointment, now sitting at 5-5, and and we didn't have a scheduled football show until Friday. We cannot possibly wait that long to talk about this absolute disaster class. So, Logan... What's your takeaway from this? How, why are the Bills so awful at football right now? I mean, this is just a microcosm of all the Bills' losses, it seems like, of the Josh Allen era, man. This game starts the first play with a fumble from James Cook, and it's like, all right, that's how we're going to get the ball rolling in this game, man. Uh, you know, immediately from the first play of the game, you're reeling and trying to stop the the bleeding. Uh I go back to a couple of movies, man, The Replacements. You get that quicksand early, it's hard to dig yourself out of that hole. The harder you pull, the harder it pulls you down. And uh, another one of my favorite movies, Life. It seems like the Bills just can't get right, Carson. They're, they just can't get right, man. They cannot get on the right track. It's not an issue of talent. It's not an issue of scheme. It's an issue of execution and consistency. And week in, week out, they've just not been able to find their mojo, man. It starts out with that. Josh Allen throws two picks in this game, but... The ending is really what just baffles you, dude. The uh, Sean McDermott calls for a blitz here late at the end of the game. They press up. Uh, Teron Johnson gets called for a DPI. One, I mean, it's just stupid calling it all out blitz in that situation. Like, you should yeah. be running prevent or just a coverage of any sort. You shouldn't be bringing an all-out blitz. I mean, Russell Wilson has been playing football in the National Football League for 12 seasons now. You know, I think he can figure out when an all-out blitz is coming in his head and how quick he's going to need to get rid of a football. So that tees up the Broncos to steal the game. They run out the clock. And then, I don't know, man. I've never seen that. You've got 16 seconds on the clock. The Broncos are quickly uh, quickly switching in there, guys. And they got 12 men on the field. And Will Lutz gives you the game. I mean, the Broncos gifted them the game in a myriad of ways in this one. Like, it felt like the Bills 
had to screw up, had to blow this one, and that's exactly what they did. They had to gift wrap it to the Broncos to win this game. I want to give a big shout-out to Russell Wilson. I thought he played an absolutely fantastic game and made some really big plays in this one, but the Bills gift wrapped this with uh, this one with a bow on top. It's not Christmas yet, but they certainly gave the Broncos a gift. It's one of the worst ways I've ever seen a football team lose a game, and I've never quite seen something like this. The Bills have had a few remarkably awful losses this year. The Jets game that they were entirely in control of, and if they don't have four turnovers and allow a punt return touchdown at the end of the game, they win that one. Letting the Patriots have an offensive field day when that's legitimately one of the worst offenses I've ever watched. But this really takes the cake, man. And I think that this is a revelatory moment for the Bills decision makers. I'm talking about the Bakulas, the owners, because I don't know who else is going to be around when we're talking about the big time decision makers in this organization. I've been talking about how I think the silver lining in this season being so disappointing for the Bills can be that it will force a sense of urgency in terms of moving on from Sean McDermott at head coach, who I just don't think is doing anything to elevate this team anymore. Certainly firing Ken Dorsey, who has been a bad play caller over the last season and a half, and bringing in a bright, young, offensive mind, somebody who can get the best out of Josh Allen and this offense as a whole, and who actually does something to elevate the group. McDermott built a culture that's good, but that has now been done. Now you need an innovator, and he is clearly not that, and he cost them this game, point blank. A number of things went horribly wrong, but when it comes down to the final drive, the all-out blitz call for the second consecutive play is inexcusable. I loved it on the second down when they're in field goal range and you're in a boom or bust scenario because if they gain another three to four yards, if you play softer coverage, or even if you don't just immediately force that ball to either come out or get a sack, then the game is basically clinched, you would think. Maybe not with how Will Lutz was kicking today, but that's a very makeable field goal. But if you do get the sack, well, then now you've pushed them out of field goal range. That is a huge win that completely changes the complexion of the game. So the first time, it's great. The second time, when you've already pushed them back to the 45, and now they've seen that look once, and now they've had a timeout to gather themselves, and then you heavily forecast that look again, what do you think is going to happen? And it's so ironic, coming from Sean McDermott, who has historically been too passive as a play caller defensively. Leslie Frazier and him both had their stretches calling plays for the defense up until this year. Leslie Frazier's not there anymore. But when you think about them letting the Chiefs march 50 yards and 13 seconds for that field goal. What was it? It was super soft, prevent coverages. Of course, that's a unique situation in that you don't think they're going to move the ball that quickly down the field. But just historically, these soft zones at times have been picked apart in playoffs and areas, and the Bills' defense hasn't translated as well to the postseason. So for him to be so recklessly aggressive is very ironic. And then just the contrast between the Broncos who were so composed getting out there in the first half at the end to get a field goal off. I mean, talk about foreshadowing. They were put together in that situation, and then they had 10 seconds to spare when it came down to that final kick. Unbelievable how quickly they got set in an order, and the Bills have a 12th dude out there, which of course has no bearing on the missed kick whatsoever. Maybe that's the most painful part, that it didn't matter at all, that it had no impact on the football play, and that is what costs you this one. 
I think that they have to clean house after this season. And there are personnel issues here as well. I've also been pushing the narrative or really just the objective fact that Gabe Davis is not a very good football player. He is not a reliable number two receiver. He is not a polished route runner. He has awful hands. The first interception in this game is totally on him. Josh puts that ball where it needs to be. Yeah, maybe it's a little bit hot. But you have to make that catch as an NFL receiver on a third down. And instead, he doesn't. It costs the Bills points. He had zero catches last week. He had six receiving yards three weeks ago. Like, he's done. They need an upgrade there. His contract is up. You unequivocally have to move on. Thank God they found something in Dalton Kincaid, who is legitimate. But in terms of that wide receiver two spot, Gabe Davis is cooked. And has been consistently overrated because he had one awesome game on a national stage. But his production has just been a product of playing with Josh Allen. And now Trayvon Diggs is out here tweeting that they got to get 14 out of there, man. And that certainly has significance. You think you don't know what his own brother thinks? Like that is concerning, especially given everything that we heard in the offseason before this year. This is a disaster. And it feels like a real pivot moment for the organization. And they do need to retool 100%. But you don't want to totally lose morale. You don't want to lose Stefan Diggs. I don't know how you replace that sort of star value at the receiver position, who they have been so overwhelmingly reliant on. It's just a disaster in every sense of the word. And Josh bears responsibility, no question. The second pick was on him. I don't know what he was trying to do there. He forced a ball into a window where it just wasn't going to fit. And the fumble with James Cook, the second one, totally his fault he just drops the ball on a handoff and that has been a theme like the bills have 14 turnovers in their five losses they have four turnovers in their five wins you cannot lose to the jets and the patriots and the broncos when you are as talented as the bills are without beating yourself and when you beat yourself three times like that it's an embarrassment and the defense is the other side of this To me, the Bills' season ended in the first half of the game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. After losing Trey White, losing Matt Milano and Daquan Jones on the same drive, that was it. They were never going to be able to maintain an elite defense, which I think they needed for real Super Bowl ceiling. And we can talk about the offensive issues, which are real. Play calling has been bad. Josh has made too many mistakes. The receiving core outside of Stephon Diggs is unimpressive. But ultimately, they let up 475 yards to the Jags. And then... Even the Giants were marching the ball down the field on them. They let the Patriots, who are averaging 14 points per game this year, who have scored 20 points one other time, not just get 29 points on them, but march down the field with 90 seconds to go for a touchdown. Tampa Bay, the defense played fine. They still almost blew that game with that last second Hail Mary. And then they were thoroughly outplayed for 60 minutes by the Bengals. And now in this one, they let another poor offense march down the field on them when it comes down to winning time. And the offense kept giving Denver short fields, sure, but that final drive is on the defense. Letting up 24 points to this Broncos team is a really disappointing performance. Nothing is going well for the Buffalo Bills right now. They haven't been a good football team for six weeks. This was the culmination of that. This is their penance for doing things wrong for so long and also for not improving upon meaningful weaknesses on this roster and for having poor coaching all of that came together in this game and they deserve it dude they do they do deserve it and a couple of other things that i didn't mention that swung the tide in this game that made you know gave the bills the lead at the end of this game you got to think 
you know, the Broncos mess up on two extra points in this game. That's two free points that where the, yeah. the Broncos wouldn't have even needed to march. That's the only margin, you know, that gave the Bills the lead in this game. Josh does bear some responsibility. That second pick, it's, it's what kills you about Josh, man. You know, you talk about him being such a gunslinger. It's like he wants that big play, and the smart play is James Cook in the flat. He's wide open. The closest defender to him is eight yards away. You know, you're not gonna you might not get a first down. James Cook might get stopped before there, but it doesn't matter. He's gonna get positive yardage. Like that's one of the things that Josh has to learn, man, is that he's gotta take the you know, man, you can't buy all the ingredients and cook the pie and then eat it two in one play, man. Sometimes you gotta take it step by step. You know, you're not gonna get all the yards in one play. That's something that he's gotta reel in. But moreover, Carson, you're right. This is the culmination of years of mistakes, of not getting a reliable number two receiver, of not building upon this offensive line, of not building, you know, a, 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 a reliably deep defense. It's got to be frustrating. I mean, because the Bills in the Josh Allen era have been on the cusp for so long. Every single year they have been on the cusp of what feels like a Super Bowl, and this is legitimate regression from a team that I thought was going to be one of the best teams in the AFC, and they're looking like, they could miss the playoffs. Like, if they lose to the New York oh, Jets, yeah. I am fully convinced that the Bills are going to miss the playoffs. So, I mean, I know you just gave me some of the things that they need to address. I mean, give me the Cliff Notes version, Carson, uh, a, a checklist, so to speak. I mean, what objectives do the Bills need to accomplish moving forward to get themselves back into actual contention? Number one, clean house in terms of the coaching staff. I would like to see them aggressively pursue somebody like Ben Johnson, who I think is the best offensive coordinator who is reasonably going to become available. But regardless, it is prioritizing bringing in a bright offensive mind. Number two is figuring out the weapons. I think that they clearly need a better number two receiver. I pray that they can hold on to Diggs. I don't know. Maybe that relationship is fractured. Maybe you have to try to trade him. But if you do, then you prioritize that with your first-round draft pick. They need to keep a legitimately great number one, and they need to get a decent number two, certainly an upgrade over Gabe Davis. The line needs to improve. That needs to be a high priority in the draft, and it just hasn't been for the Bills in recent years. They haven't expended high draft capital to improve on what has been a pretty consistently mediocre line. So I think that that's where you look on the offensive side of the ball. And then defensively, I really like the move at the deadline to bring in Rasul Douglas. I think that he is already balling. That's a win-now move. Unfortunately, the rest of this defense has just been decimated. And I like the front here. I think that a lot of these young guys have developed really well. Rousseau, Ed Oliver is balling. Epinesa is good. Leonard Floyd was a great signing. The one glaring miss is Vaughn Miller, who is going to play a limited number of snaps at this point, and who is going to have zero impact when he is out there, and who is going to be, who's 34 years old. So that's just such a big miss. I don't think that they need to expend more resources on that front necessarily, but man, just what a terrible miss from the front office. And then I think you're ultimately going to have to look at the safety tandem here. Micah and Jordan are still solid, but Micah's contract is up. Are you going to want to pay him big money? Probably not. Both of them have lost a step. This defense is just aging. Trey White, is he going to look the same off of a second major season-ending injury? 
unfortunately, I probably wouldn't bet on it. So then you look at corner again. Douglas is a solution. Uh, Christian Benford is fine. Like, there are dudes who I like here. Taylor Rapp as a safety, honestly, is pretty solid. Maybe he's a guy that you invest in going forward over Micah, a more cost-effective, younger solution. But this defense is just regressing, and some of the vital pieces are old, and they are hurt right now. So there's a lot of position groups that need to be replenished. A lot. And I don't know that they have the resources to make all of that happen in one offseason, but it's time to make changes. It's time to move on from the pieces who are in decline and who aren't working. And most importantly, it is time to move on from this coaching staff. I just don't think you can justify them surviving this season. It has been an embarrassment, dude. When I talked about how it felt like there was sort of a dark cloud looming over the Bills before this year and worrying about the dig stuff and worrying about if that defense would regress a bit, I still thought they were going to go 11-6. and six. In fact, I think I might have given them 12-5 and five by the end because I had some extra wins left over in my preseason predictions. I didn't think they'd be sitting here at 5-5, five and five, only beginning the toughest stretch of their schedule where now they have to go in two weeks and play the Eagles and then the Chiefs and then the Cowboys and they still have the Chargers and the Dolphins left after that. I mean, what are the chances this team does make the playoffs? Maybe 50-50? I would say slimmer. This is looking like a team that is on the path to 8-9 and nine right now. I think they beat the Jets. I think they beat the Chargers. I think they beat the Pats. Outside of that, every other football team on that list is playing much better than them right now. And I'm glad you said that, Carson, because that's the thing that I can't really quantify about this team that's, you know, it's not a tangible thing that you can measure, but it really does seem like there's something just hanging over the Bills' heads, a stank, a... a a bad omen. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but there's something hanging over, yeah, over their heads. There's like, it's just lingering, man. The Bills, and I don't see it getting better. You know what I mean? Uh, 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 what we saw from the Niners is exactly what I wanted and expected from the Bills tonight. You know what I mean? Uh, a get back on track game where you decimate a team that should not be in the same conversation as you. And I still feel that way. You know, it's not like I'm like coming away from this. I mean, you can crown the Broncos. Give Broncos fans a Super Bowl. You guys beat the Bills and the Chiefs this year. Congrats. I mean, those are huge wins for them, but the Broncos are not a good football team. I still think that the Bills on their best day are. I don't know if we're going to see the the good Bills return, man. This kind of seems like what they are. I, I don't know, man. I don't really – I guess the silver lining to this season is that there is next year. I saw Theo tweeted out. Shout out, Theo. Time for Bills fans to get out the mock draft simulator. Do you feel that way, man? Is it time to pack this season in? In the NBA, the game can change in an instant. But no matter how the action unfolds, you know DraftKings Sportsbook has your back. This week, new customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets just for betting 5 bucks on basketball. Win or lose, you get an instant dub. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code NERDS. New customers can get 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on basketball only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code NERDS. The crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problems with gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit positive restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Absolutely. This team has no championship ceiling. I can tell you that. The defense has regressed too far. This is what we were talking about. I think they're 27th in yards per play allowed now. They are 23rd in terms of third down defense. And you saw that in this one, dude. On the final two drives, they allow the Broncos to convert six third downs. Six third downs. And who can blame them? It's a second string defense. Like it legitimately is with Micah out today, with Benford out today, half of the dudes starting are supposed to be backups. So sure, it's not going to be a good defense, but offensively, they bear responsibility too. It's so many slow starts. They're averaging seven first half points over the last six weeks. Every single game in that stretch, with the exception of the Bucks, they have had an anemic start offensively. And Josh has made the plays when he needs to, right? He put them ahead in the Pats game. He put them ahead in this game. But the defense can't get a stop. And still, they shouldn't even be in a position where they need those go-ahead drives with a couple minutes left. Josh should be playing cleaner football. The play calling sucks. I'm just going to start sounding like a broken record here. It's just so disappointing how many things are going wrong with this team right now. And we'll see what portion of it gets pinned on Josh. This game, he deserves a legitimate deal of blame for the most part. When we talk about this team's success this year, he's the only reason that they're 5-5. Five and five. He's the only reason that they're a respectable football team. This team isn't really good at anything other than having Josh Allen, and that is such a letdown to him. That is such a disservice to having a quarterback of that caliber. This is a dumpster fire of a season, and this hopefully was the wake-up call that the Bills need to take something positive out of this and make decisive moves forward for this franchise because you cannot just remain stagnant with this setup. It's an embarrassment. So good for the Broncos, man, but that's not a good football team whatsoever. I don't come away from this game thinking the Broncos are good. Like props to Russ, he played well. That's kind of it. And I mean, the Bills are, the I'd say, inarguably the most disappointing team in football this season. No question. No question, dude. I went on that whole thing about the Raiders yesterday and how they're going to lose by 40 and then they're going to lose by 150 to the Colts. They have the same record as the Buffalo Bills right now. The same record. Get out of here, man. That's a disgrace. Fire McDermott, fire Dorsey, start fresh. Any other thoughts on this game? I think you summed it up real well right there. Yeah. All right. Well, there you guys have it. Like we've been saying, all of our stuff is going to be on the Nerd Sesh YouTube page now. So if you want to watch all our videos with video, that is where you will find them, the Nerd Sesh YouTube page. You can also listen to the podcast across all audio platforms, same as always. You can follow us across social, TikTok and Instagram at Nerd Sesh, Twitter at Nerd underscore Sesh. You can join our Discord. If you want to talk NFL, NBA, be part of our community. That link is at the link tree that is in our bio, as is the link to our merch. We've got hats, we've got shirts, we've got hoodies, we've got the nerd sesh flags, all that at thevolume.com. So with that, as always, appreciate you guys. I've been Carson Brabber. I have been Logan Camden. And this was Nerd Sesh.
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening.